I'd like to welcome everyone to the Pacific Institute's Kitchen Table. The intent of the Kitchen Table is to provide a platform where we are able to share and discuss the dynamic world of cognitive science and the specific role it plays in performance. I'd like to introduce our co-hosts, Greg Coughlin and Ron Medved from the Pacific Institute. They have over four decades of experience working with hundreds of organizations on applying cognitive psychology and science. Pull up a chair, let's get started. Welcome back everybody to the kitchen table. Ron and I are, are gathering again. We've been gathering all the time, but we've uh, took a little bit of a break to celebrate the uh, 50th anniversary of the Pacific Institute. And so we hope that uh, many of you have given us some feedback on the storyline and the interpretations of our interpretations of the Pacific Institute. But we wanted to come back to business and back to business is sort of, you know, we're not through COVID, but there's a pre post COVID conversation that we had to have or wanted to have. And so uh, we wanted to open up uh, sort of our, our conversation on uh, that world that we're in now. Ron, uh, creating the setting for this a little bit and, and then, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll jump into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exploring the world of it is interesting because, you know, we're all to a certain extent living in different worlds, you know, yeah. even like you and I, Greg, I mean, there's a difference between where Canada is at or Canadians. Uh, yeah. There's a difference where USA is and, you know, Canada and USA or, you know, there's there's pockets of differences, you know, throughout both countries. And so, you know, everybody's in a different stage of of uh, it's very uneven, you know, coming coming post COVID, but it, it's not too early to start thinking about it, and it's not too early to, um, you know, try to anticipate, you know, where the future is going. Yeah, well, and I think you know what triggered this this topic was the reality that we're living in in terms of COVID and different degrees of post COVID. In, in Canada and in Saskatchewan, where I am at, is that starting on Saturday, uh, we're back to normal. Uh, all, you know, mask wearing and social distancing and all that. I think it's this weekend. And so it's, it's interesting that there is uh, a getting back to normal. But now when I contrast that to some of the client experiences that I have when you get dealing with people. And I was mentioning to you that there's sort of a, uh, an effect of COVID that uh, created a situation where we discovered that you could work reasonably effectively from home. And, you know, one of the issues that's been presented to me is that the challenge of companies that have opened the door of working remotely or working from home now have uh, a dichotomy formed in their employee base of people that work effectively and love working from home. My friend. Well, let me pick up uh, just as we were mid uh, sentence there are the consequence of working from home presented itself uh, by a printer going off in our podcast. So forgive us for that. But where I was going with this is that in 
moving back to normal, it isn't quite as normal because of some of the things that we learned that you can work from home. And what I was, what we're hearing from some of our clients is the challenge of how to accommodate people that love working from home, love not commuting, love not getting dressed up versus the other side of it that I have three roommates that I'm trying to work from home with, or I have a cat and a dog, or I have kids that are banging on the door. And so the challenge of how do you address uh, post-COVID normals of work time and place. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, the consequence of the, you know, how polarized we have been or how politicized COVID has become, uh, there's also companies that are challenged with the situation where um, I, I'm fully vaccinated on one end of the spectrum, and I feel uncomfortable about working with people that aren't vaccinated or only have their first vaccination, or the other end of the spectrum is it is either my belief politically, religiously, or morally, or whatever it might be, that I don't want to get vaccinated, and I'm okay going into work unvaccinated. And so, you know, what I've heard from clients is they're trying to find a way to be able to either set policy or practice or strategy that accommodates these diverse new needs that they have. And I've heard sort of ranges of hybrids. And so there's maybe potential a hybrid solution, but I've also heard clients that are saying from a, a occupational health and safety perspective, all the rules said we can go back without risk or with minimal or managed risk. And so they're really resetting back to pre-COVID conditions. So um, it's, it's, you know, this adds up to being, wow, you know, what an additional complexity to our world that we didn't expect, you know, from COVID, but now it becomes essentially the relationship arrangements that we have within our work environment. What do you, what, what's your reaction or comments to that, Ron? I think that's, I mean, I see the same thing. I, you know, I think it's true. Uh, you know, you have different mindsets out there in the world. I mean, I was reading an article this morning uh, about sort of the way the Japanese look at the risk that they're facing with people, people coming to the Olympics or not coming to the Olympics and looking at sort of the rules that, you know, they want to set up. And uh, it does, it's not so much about the Japanese, but it's more about what you were saying, Greg, yeah. people have different, different cultures, they have a different history. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I think, I think, and, you know, back to Japan for a second, that, you know, they have a pretty low death rate, you know, in Japan for the pandemic, but they, they act like they have a super high one. You know, and so people, it's very uneven. I, the only yeah. word I can probably find a better word, but there's an uneven response to this, whether it's nationally or whether it's corporately. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, actually, I, I, I sort of, that all adds up to being a good thing, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because uh, it's a disruption uh, in sort of the uh, customary way of doing business. And it makes us all be more adaptable and flexible, you know, in terms of looking at what's going to work going forward. And, you know, that's, that's always a good 
mindset to be adaptable and flexible, I think. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, I think it's all going to come out fine, but it, but it's painful more or less, you know, to who you're talking to. Yeah. Well, and let me pick up on a couple of points is that I think, uh, you know, if you use the Japanese that over attribute the risk, uh, so therefore are less risk avoidant, but there are also states or provinces or territories or communities that under evaluate the risk and and are prepared to take it. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing that comes to mind is in a state of uncertainty. And, you know, I personally haven't been through a life experience with this degree of uncertainty um, and expecting to have certainty. And so, you know, what I find interesting is the, the, the opinion that people get critical of decisions, whether it be government decisions or company decisions on strategy A or B or C on coming back to work or coming back to normal is that there's critiques of, well, you know, why did they make that decision? And I just, I, I kind of, I don't want to give too much uh, slack here, but it, because it's, it's an uncertain time, who knows whether 70% uh, of the population being first vaccinated is enough given uh, COVID variances, you know, that, that could manifest itself. You know, what I found interesting in, in that discussion is uncertainty creates, you know, sort of conflicts and people, you know, going back to their, their spaces of, of reference points to, to make those decisions, um, to, to make decisions. So I, I was, I, but I also would like to mention is that, you know, when you said there's optimism here, opportunity here, I, I actually didn't think you're going to go that way. I thought we were going to join the ain't it awful train. And so I want to pick up on that reminded me is that there has been lots of evidence where people have developed agility, flexibility, adaptability, that if, if you reference point from failing to functioning to flourishing, that there's actually been, yes, the stories of failing for sure. There's stories of functioning as well, <clears throat> but remarkably, there's been quite a bit of flourishing. So tell me a little bit of more, you know, your optimism to this. Oh, I wish I had created a list of optimistic stories for you. But, you know, when I read the newspaper, for example, I mean, I see examples of people that are thriving, you know, from this or coming out of it with uh, sort of a, a competitive advantage. I, I, I think, you know, we, we read a lot about how the younger generations and the kids in school, uh, you know, are suffering, you know, from the pandemic. But uh, one of the things here locally is, you know, the, the employment rate this summer for teenagers is higher than it's ever been by a lot. And, you know, that's because there's, they're available to go to work. They actually want to want to go, yeah. go to work. They want a summer job. And yeah. so that's actually working out, you know, for, for some businesses. Now that's not a long-term solution. Yeah. You know, most of those, a lot of those young people are going to go back to school. But um, if, if, if we have kind of a fixed mindset that says, you know, the whole thing is bad, 
uh, and that pandemic is bad, and that vaccinations are bad. I mean, we're going to see uh, a limited and a distorted, you know, view of reality because it's yeah. it's not bad for everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. And and so uh, I don't know. We're uh, you know our business is about optimism more yeah. than pessimism, and it's about adaptability, yeah. you know, more than being stuck. Yeah. You know, so so that's 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 where our mindset's going to be, and you know that's the way we're going to see things. Yeah. yeah. You know, I you think know, about. Sorry, get a little bit of feedback. I think is uh, when you when you mentioned that. Um, we, well, it draws me to lose efficacy definition of a belief that you can make happen, cause or bring about. But it also brings me to Bandura's, uh, we need to acknowledge our successes to build our efficacy. And so when you respond, it's your natural instinct is to look at the successes to build the efficacy. And I was now putting in a column of inventorying successes of COVID. Uh, and the other column is setbacks of COVID, but the other column is bounce backs. And so, you know, just as a rapid fire is that the successes of COVID uh, from an individual perspective, my own experience, is that it really created an opportunity to, to invest back in family without any encumbrances of time mm -hmm. and so for I, I spent more time with my kids I spent more time with my wife and she'll attest to that um, uh, but I also saw family units spending more time uh, you know dads and moms that were busy working now walking the block with their kids or going to the park we happen to live across the park and uh, a beautiful park across the street. And COVID has created a situation that that park is maximized. People using it in ways that they never used before. You know, my investment of my son-in-laws who are busy working as my daughters are working, but as primary caregivers usually falls to the, the, the moms in my experience, the dads have stepped up and because they play a role in it. So there's been, you know, a trade-off of, yes, there's been, you know, COVID kids syndrome that where kids are nervous about being in a crowd, but the family unit is, you know, potentially never been better. Uh, so a success of COVID would have been the re, re putting purpose back to our, our, our world you know, I feel about just time that I have now as a success, where I consumed a lot of time traveling or I consumed a lot of times traveling and, and going, but there's been so many good things that have come out as on the success side. If I prime your pump on the inventory of successes, either personally or professionally, uh, what would you inventory? Well, um, yeah, I would say that it, for for the most part, and I would say that for the last six months anyway, of uh, of of the year and a half of uh, COVID, you know, the last six months has been uh, uh, primarily uh, dominated by sort of this spirit of uh, I don't know, 
uh, and and uh, and and what I'm and that's actually a good thing. I mean, you can you can be very uh, distressed over sort of not knowing what's going to happen, or I guess yeah. you, you use the word uncertainty. But uh, I trust you know what we teach in our seminars about the gestalt, and that if you have goals and if you have objectives and if you have a purpose that there's a part of you that's always working not just at the surface level but at a deep level on how to sort of reconcile you know what's happening and i and i think that i've over the last uh, six months i've spent a lot of time uh in the i don't know phase not that i not not that i wasn't bothered i've been bothered the whole way but as i'm starting to get some clarity uh, at least for me and my career and 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 the needs in the community uh, and i'm starting to sort of see things you know uh in a, in a new new light you know basically coming out of the disruption you know i'm actually seeing some positive things and so yeah. it's a little bit premature for me to sort of list them out but yeah. i can tell by my mood you know my mood and 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 you know emote you know my mental health i mean i think we we've all uh known that everybody's mental health has taken you know a uh, a battering a bit over the last year and a half yeah. uh, but you know how many of us are kind of finding our bearings and coming out of it now i think there's quite a few of us even though there's a lot of uncertainties and and yeah. so uh, but again it's quite uneven from person to person i mean in my own household you know, uh, my wife Callie is more concerned about COVID and sort of the lingering sort yeah. of threats and risks than I am. Yeah, you know, I'm more, I'm more sort of, I have a different way of looking at it, and 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 that, that even she does. And so, in our own family, Greg, speaking of family, is that we have to sort of talk that out. We need yeah. to reconcile among within the family as to what's safe going to what's worth going to what uh you know anything that's beyond a short-term goal is that is that longer range goal uh worth thinking about worth worth locking onto i mean we still have to have those conversations because we're yeah. not we're not even on the same page yeah but okay it's okay it feels so much better than it did you know six months or a year ago yeah, well, just a quick uh, comment on that is that when we come back to going back into the workplace, some of the research that I've been observing is be meeting people where they're at. Because I think they're recognized that people experience COVID in a different way, uniquely to them. And so just as you describe, I mean, your, your mom-in-law relationship to your family is so is such a significant thing that i can see kelly being worried more worried about affecting lily uh you know in some negative way and so we you know that is individually unique to 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 you guys but you know consistent to probably multiple other people um the other thing that i want to come back to is you know as i sort of practice what we preach you know, I think it would be a good exercise for the listeners to start to inventory successes. 
you know, what you were doing, you sort of shifted my brain from failures to successes of COVID and started to inventory them. And I, I think in our business perspective, I think COVID was a catalyst for us to really, really significantly accelerate our virtual learning or our learning management system. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we would have um, been at the, the warp speed that we were at. Uh, you think about the COVID vaccination and how fast that was developed. I mean, there's just an inventory of successes. Now, for sure, there's setbacks and there's losses and there's dysfunction and there's anxiety. But I, you know, kind of look at that if we go back to remember Bill Bridges, William Bridges' model of transition from endings of things to new beginnings. And he really offered up the space of neutral zone in between where, you know, if it's unclear, uncertain, there may be an action. But I do feel right now that there is some clarity, there is some certainty, and therefore, we're tipping into action. And, you know, I think there's lots of enthusiasm for people in, you know, sort of like springtime has come. Yeah. And and that's the bounce back. So if you, as a listener, inventory successes, but also inventory successes, but also then inventory the bounce back from those setbacks, you know, uh, I'm going to take that as my own prescription. I think that would be helpful. I think that that's, I think that that's a good recommendation, you know, for our listeners, you know, to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you, Greg, but I'm also thinking about the other side of the coin. You know, there are, you know, there are some sort of mindset traps, you know, that we can fall into, you know, as we come out of post COVID, you know, we can stay locked on to certain attitudes and, and, yeah. and certain positions, you know, that don't service well. Uh, and it's just like, you know, down here in the States, you know, we've, we've politicized, you know, the whole yeah. vaccination thing and, and, and so much so that, uh, you know, that <laughs> Democrats would have a tendency to get vaccinated and Republicans would not just because I don't know why, you know, because it, it, somehow it has become part of sort of the argument, you know, for yeah. who's best or who's right yeah. or who's in charge. Yeah. So, so now, the thing is, is that it's interesting while it's going on right now. I don't know that there's any super consequences of how people feel about that. Well, the consequence is, you know, the state of Missouri, for example, right now is 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 a, a red state, a Republican state, and it's got the fastest rising, you know, uh, COVID numbers uh, when the rest of the country is declining, uh, and it's the least vaccinated state. So. Uh, anyway, that being said, I read that and I thought, hmm, isn't that interesting? Uh, but then I immediately turned to my favorite uh, nemesis, you know, that I these days, and that's the media and that's the press. And, you know, every, every as, as I check in with the media and I see what's being reported, you know, you know, you know, I'm not sure we're getting an, an, an even story from the medium. I don't care what, what what side of the argument that you're on, you know, the, the news comes to us packaged in a way that's going to get our attention and get us to read it. Okay. Yeah. That's the business that they're in. So, uh, you know, the deeper I read about the state of Missouri, I mean, their vaccination rates are not that dramatically different, you know, than 
the rest of the country, but it made for a good story. So we've yeah. got to be also discriminating, uh, uh, well, information gatherers, let's just put it that way, uh, because that's uneven too, you know, out yeah. there in, in, in the world. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, sort of to bring close for this segment of our conversation a little bit is that, you know, for me, you're balancing, um, you know, all, also considering where we might have a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And, and if we just look at successes without looking at six setbacks, or if we just look at what's right, as opposed to what's, you know, not going well, we run risk on that. I think it's just for me, what I'm hearing, you're, you know, make sure you're balancing that, but our, you know, the tendency might look at what, what's going wrong versus what's going right. And, you know, I do feel, um, that COVID is, is um, like uh, John Delacoste was teaching us, listen and let the moment teach, teach its lesson. And I'm kind of reflecting on uh, that, his statement, um, because COVID is a teacher. The COVID experience is a teacher and what did we learn? And you know, by inventorying it, it, it did have some significant tragedies, it did have some significant disruptions, but it also had some really interesting progressions. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me pause there. Um, anything sort of in wrap up, I mean, what I'd like to do is pick this up on our next podcast, and go a little bit deeper into the subject, but uh, yeah, anything I, add or, or delete? More or... There. There's more there. Uh, Greg, you and I talked recently about one of the distinctions of what the Pacific Institute teaches with, you know, with the cognitive psychology. It doesn't yeah. teach people what to think as much as it teaches people how to think. Yeah. Uh, and the how to think is, you know, just like a moment ago, you mentioned, you know, to be aware of the fact that we're, we're vulnerable to scotomas you know, we're vulnerable to having blind spots in our life. We're, we're vulnerable to have, having blind spots in our arguments, in yeah. our opinions. You know, that's part of, that's a good part of what we teach is to how to be a discriminating thinker. Yeah. So anyway, I just add that, little, that's a little advertisement I put in it, put it at the end there, but it, it's relevant, you know, to, to what we're living through. Well, and, you know, to add to the advertisement, it's one of the reasons why I think both you and I share such a passion about what we do, or is that just the us using our own mindset tools to apply to how we're thinking about this. Uh, notwithstanding, there's a what to think, and we're not prescribing the what to think, we're, we're, we're prescribing tools on how to think. So with that, let me pause there. And maybe we'll come back next time and start to apply some of the tools that may share some of the tools that may apply to where we're, our situation is at right now. Good. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Be well. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast with the Pacific Institute. If you like what you heard today, click the like button or perhaps share this podcast with friends and family. For more information on TPI, or how to get in contact with us, please visit www.tpikitchentable.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.
See you next time at the kitchen table.